Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. This is like the third time trying to start the podcast today. Yeah. A um, little bit of a false start. Um, but not to fret, Llewellyn has got her giant glass of wine as I heard her pouring it before <laughs> we started. And it was literally like glug, 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 glug. And it just kept going and going and going. Okay, if I sent you a picture of it, it you would be like, that's nothing. Meanwhile, I'm over here with some sweet tea. <laughs> and who lives in the South? Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll go get myself a White Claw on the second podcast. Um, okay, we're doing life updates on this one. So what's what's happening in your life? Um, nothing, really. Uh, I'm sick of the heat, and mm. I'm tired of the rain. Um, twice this week, I had to drive home in what I can only describe as torrential downpour mm. to the point where I had to pull off the road because I could not see two, like two feet in front of me. Dang. Um, so that was fun. Not. Um, so I'm tired of the rain. And what else is new? Um, I don't really have any other life updates, but I do have a funny story that I think some people that live in warm climates would find hilarious. Okay. Um, so n- now it's funny to me. It was not in the moment. So last weekend, that has no merit on when you guys are going to hear this, but it was a weekend. Um, and I had to be up early on Sunday morning. Mind you, I had to be up at 5 a.m. to be somewhere. And it's like 10 o'clock. So all day that day, my roommates and I hung out, basically. And we had had this conversation. Both of them told me that they had seen like cockroaches in our house. Not like an overabundance but like each of them had seen one and they were dead when they saw them so like it's not like they were a big deal but they just wanted to make sure all of us knew and so I I promptly let them know that I don't do bugs um I don't do spiders I don't do cockroaches I was like if I see one I will be calling you guys I'll burn the house down yeah I'll move out that too yep so they leave for the evening because they were going to go fishing And I kid you not, we've been in this house for seven, eight months now, and I've not seen one. They leave, and they're not even gone for 30 minutes. And what do I see crawling across the floor? A freaking cockroach. Um, And so it's crawling, and I can see that it's headed towards our upright piano, so I jump up quickly, and I'm like, Mm. I'm going to crush this thing as fast as I can. But it, it beat me. It saw me coming. So it beat me underneath the piano, and it disappeared. Like, I still to this day can't tell you where it is. So that happened, and I was I stayed up a little later than normal because I wanted to see if it would come out so I could kill it. Right. It didn't. So I go to bed. I'm laying in bed, and I'm, like, winding down or whatever. And by this point, it's midnight. Remember, I have to get up at 5 a.m. Oh. I am literally putting my phone down to go turn off my light, and out of the corner of my eye, I see something crawl on my wall. No. And I was like, what the heck? And I look no. over, and there's a gecko no. in my bedroom. No. The farthest point from my door, so, like, because you don't, like, kill geckos, I wouldn't want to kill one. The sound of killing it would probably freak me out more than actually killing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to get him out of my room. I was like, I don't want you in here while I'm sleeping at night. Um, But, of course, they're super fast. And I, again, don't do bugs or lizards or geckos or anything. So I have to, like, think fast. Like, how can I capture this thing? So I, like, throw everything out of my... um, trash can and i'm like i'm gonna cover it on the wall if i can and then Mm. i'm somehow gonna get him in the trash can cover that with a lid and then take him outside so this is my whole plan but in order to get to him i had to like move my piano out a little bit my keyboard um Mm -hmm. and of course as soon as they hear anything they're gonna go fast right so i had to be quick and i thought i was quick but i wasn't and he escaped me and it is now almost a week later and i still don't know where that guy is so um, I'm really thinking, and like I scoured my bedroom. Um, the only thing I haven't scoured is my closet, but he was on the opposite side of the room of my closet, so I don't think that's where he is. I'm thinking, however, he got in here, he went back out. Yeah. Um, but so that happened, and then the next, so I got I got a total of like two hours of sleep that night. Ew. Um, I was unfunctional on Sunday, but then I get home on Sunday after like telling everybody this nightmare of a story. 
I get home and I walk in my room and on my wall above my bed is a giant spider. And I'm oh like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I go from seeing very little bugs in this house to like all the creatures in like a 24 hour span. And I was over it. So to all my friends that live, all of our friends that live in warm climates that have geckos, how do you get them out of your house? That, Easily? that is one thing that I remember from my um, trip to Florida, not the one where I came to visit you. It was um, one like years ago. And I remember there being so many like bugs and geckos and crawly things everywhere. And I was like, I yeah. don't think I could do this. Like yeah. I that it's a solid pass for me. Like, like why I'm do people fine retire with there? them? I'm fine with geckos outside and they hang out like all over our porch and like they're everywhere out there. I'm fine with that. Mm. But it's when you cross my threshold into the house, yeah. let alone my bedroom. No. Yeah. You're like, dude, you we had an line. agreement. You have all of that outside and I have this yeah. little bit of space. Yeah, man. Well, it's well, been my life lately. That's quite an adventure. Um, In my life, I... Um, I guess my newest update is that I got a, um, I guess you would consider a mole, an eye, like a mole removed. Um, this process was so interesting. One, it's on my face. It's like, it's always been in like on the side of the bridge of my nose. That's like pretty close to like the inner corner of my eyelid, but like closer to my eyebrow than my actual like eye. So it's not like actually on my eyelid. It's just in that like crevice bone area. And honestly, like it's so funny because if I tell people about it and bring it to their attention, they're like, oh, yeah, you do. And it's I mean, it's not small by any means. Um, and They're like, oh, yeah, I guess I just never noticed it, which makes sense because things kind of gloss over when you're like looking people in the eye. You don't really notice like details so much as the fact that you're looking at their face. Um, but I've just been like, you know, I just, I've kind of always wanted, wanted it removed. And, um, so finally now that I've moved to Nashville and I'm considering getting things like laser hair removal all over my body and maybe doing some more like fancy facial chemical peels and, and H2O lasers and like things to keep up, like just to help me age gracefully. And so I was like, well, Surely someone who is a plastic surgeon, it'll be better than just going to a straight up like dermatologist and having them just like knife it out. Um, and the aftercare of it, they care about opt- uh, optics. Like obviously they're, they're plastic surgeons. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and try it. Um, <clears throat> it was like $100, which was so cheap. <laughs> they originally quoted me like 500 bucks, which I was going to pay for like gladly. Um, and then when I actually went and charged it, it was a hundred dollars. So I was like, okay, that's great. Um, but what they did, it was so crazy. They put in, um, epinephrine into the mole and epinephrine. I did not know this, which is why I'm explaining it. Epinephrine is, it, it stops blood flow. Um, even though it's, uh, it's like an adrenaline. Right. Thing, but it stops blood flow, which to me just sounds weird. I was like, wouldn't it increase blood flow like adrenaline? But it doesn't. So on half of my nose and under my eye and around the mole, after like 30 to 45 minutes, you could like a straight line around the area that you could tell the epinephrine touched and like affected because you would see the the glaring red undertone that my face has without any makeup on and then just straight cut to like a grayish white like that grayish green like almost dead skin look because there's no blood flow yeah it was the craziest looking thing and then all they did they the way they they explained it was like they're they were going to like it was like almost like going in and like hole punching it out. And when I and when I got back to my car, literally that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like once I had finally removed, like once I was finally redoing some of the um, aquaphor that they wanted me to like keep on it as it was like healing, it literally looked like straight up like 20 layers of skin, I swear, 
that it just like a straight like circular punch out of like my face, which was so crazy. <laughs> and the way that the doctor explained it, he was like, okay, it's going to be really big at the beginning and you're going to think I've lied to you, <laughs> which I love because he's like helping to offset like any fears that you might have. And he's like, but as it heals and as it like starts to fill in one day, you're going to wake up and be like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And it's going to be like much smaller. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I'm, I'm just under a weekend. I got it done on Monday, which has again, little bearing to like when this airs, but, um, I meet with them for once a week for three weeks to start just to see like how it heals up and to get progress and things like that. And then, um, and then it should be like pretty good to go. They also said that like later on after it's like fully healed, if it has like a different scarring color or something, they can always help with like some little like laser treatments to help like match the skin tone. Um, so that really it'll look like nothing was ever there. So that's the only update in my life <laughs> is that I got a mole removed on my face. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing because I was almost a little sad. Not sad, but like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm taking a piece of me like away. And it is, but like, it's it's not like it has sentimental value. Like I just, it was this weird like, oh gosh, do I like, do I want to do this? <laughs> Even though like I very clearly did. It was just such a weird, just a, such a weird thing. It's funny. I had a, I mean, nobody in my life now knows about this. Like, under my chin, um, I had this, like, you know what skin tags look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, like, this really long, like, a co- like, there were a couple smaller ones and then, like, some bigger ones. And it was this line underneath my chin. And I had it since I was born. Like a line um, of skin tags? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially. Okay. Like, they were, some of them were, like, bigger than skin tags. But, like, that's kind of what they equate to. Okay. And you yeah. could see it. Like, it was very visible my entire life. Wow. Um and then when I was 18, my mom was, like, starting to get a little concerned by it. So she wanted me to go get it looked at. So I did. They did a biopsy. And it came back, like, precancerous. Um, oh, interesting. Like, it could – I don't know how this is possible, but it could turn into cancer, apparently. Mm. Um, and so they recommended that I get it taken off. And I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. So they did it, like, there in the office. Like, they had to, like, cut it off. And yeah. Then, it's, like, weird because sometimes I'll be, like – I don't know, like washing my face or like under my chin or something, and I'll feel like the oh, line yeah. where it is. Yeah. And I've honestly, it I had it for longer than I've not had it, mm, and I okay. it like it feels like it was never there. Yeah. Which is just so crazy to me. It's not so weird. But, yeah. I I opted not to get mine. Um, I opted not to get mine uh, like checked just because I had had it my whole life. It never grew. And it didn't even have like a like any kind of freckle or mark on it to where you would think like, oh, if it's getting bigger or if it's getting discolored, yeah. you would be like really concerned. And they were like, we can send it in if you want. But I was like, no, it's literally never changed. Never. And yeah. like if it was anything, you literally took out the roots, too. So like, I'm not <laughs> really that concerned with it right now. Yeah. Um, if for some reason it grows back, which would be very strange because, like I said, it never even grew. It was always the same size. Um, then, like, I, I'll address it at that point. But I was like, I, I, I'm really not nervous about it at all. But, okay, we have spent 15 minutes talking about eye moles. So let's move <laughs> on. And, and lizards. Eye moles um, and lizards. Oh, boy. Okay, episode recap. Let's get into this episode, which you noticed earlier. I have like a, a page and a half of notes, which is very light. Yes, very, very light, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Okay, so this week we watched season five, episode eight, and it has a couple different titles, which I didn't know. I know um, until right before we started recording. So, the little book I'm reading off of says that it's called the one with all the Thanksgivings, but yep. HBO Max calls it the one with the Thanksgiving flashbacks. Oh, so, interesting. Depends on where you watch it, but it's essentially all about Thanksgiving. Um, so this one was written by Gregory S. Mallins, directed by Kevin S. Bright, and originally aired on November 19th, 1998. The gang reminisces about their worst Thanksgiving. Uh, Phoebe's takes her back to 1862 
and elaborate tales are spun to try and uncover Monica's worst memory. Oof. This was a good one. This is probably one of those episodes that, like, goes down as, like, a favorite. Yeah, it's really good. Um, So we begin the episode with the soft open, and we open up on a post-Thanksgiving meal group um, who are very stuffed, audibly so. such a good reaction. Like, that's, like, the perfect representation. I mean, it's, like, it's an audible stuffed reaction. Like, you can tell. And they want to watch TV, but, like, the remote is just too much work for Phoebe. And instead, uh, Rachel suggests that they play what, like, the game of, like, let's go around and say what we're thankful for. Joey starts out really sweet, um, but then he goes back, like, to himself real quick. And that is essentially the opener. Yeah, so one thing I'll just note is I I love how there is very clearly an open spot next to Monica on the couch, yet three of the friends are choosing to sit on the floor. <laughs> right? So like, on true. cushions, on pillows, but, like, there's an open spot. That's so accurate. Like, no way would that happen in real life. Like, you'd be like, scoot no. over. <laughs> scoot over, buddy. Um, now, after the opening sequence, we... Pop to the main part of the episode. We're still in the apartment, though, and and Joey has continued to talk about thongs. So they try moving on, and kind of Ross has to really face the grim reality of his circumstances. Yeah, poor buddy. It's real bitter for Ross. Um, and he states like it. This is the worst Thanksgiving ever. But Chandler. Chandler's like, hey, man, reigning champ over here. Like, he has to tell the story. Like, he has to one-up them by telling the actual story. So we flash back to Thanksgiving 1978 with a little little young Chandler. Did you you notice that at the very beginning of the scene, when you're seeing, like, his profile and his face down, that he kind of looks like a young... Joseph Gordon Lovett. Yes. Yeah. And the hair. Yes. It's yep. the hair, a little bit of the face. Now, later on, like it, it, when he's staring like full face at you, it's not as obvious. But when he's like, like, again, profiled or like hair down over his face because he's looking down at his meal. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it looks like it could be like either the young version of him or like the brother of like the young, a young brother of young Joseph Gordon Lovett. Yeah, I can definitely um, see that. Yeah, and so it's essentially the story of how the mom is telling Chandler that even though they're getting divorced, like, there's still going to be a family, essentially. It's just that the dad wants to mess with the the help as opposed to her, and then we get the guy who the dad is, like, messing around with. The houseboy. The houseboy, thank you. I was going to say pool um, boy, and I was like, I know that's not yeah. right. <laughs> I know that's yeah. not right. Uh, so during this flashback with his parents, we see that um, they're still eating like the main course of Thanksgiving, which contradicts what Chandler like said back in season one when he mm. said that when his fer- parents first told him that they were divorcing, he had just eaten a mouthful of pumpkin pie. Ah, good catch. So there's there's quite a bit of like errors in this episode. Okay, um, which I was like. I kind of had a feeling that would happen mm. just because we've already seen with how many continuity errors we see with like ages and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Also, he is supposedly 11 here, but if you do the math with like another flashback later, it's like it's not been that long. So the age of these characters is unknown. Okay. <laughs> They're just real fluid in their age categories. They're just like in their 20s. They're just un- maybe early 30s. They're just unageable. <laughs> yeah, it's we so weird. We think <laughs> that this is where And also are. that boy does not look 11. So when I first watched it, I was like, he he looks like he's maybe nine years old. Oh, like he's okay. he's young. Okay. But apparently he's 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we kind of, we come back out of the flashback and Phoebe has to one-up Chandler. So it's, it kind of becomes this like little mini competition with the friend group. She has to one-up Chandler with her tail, 
which is an 1862 war flashback. <laughs> um, terrible graphics, <laughs> might I add. Horrible graphics. Um, and, and they all kind of agree that, like, it has to be in this life, Phoebe. Like, she tells this little story, which she's not telling. We just see this. She's asking for things and her arm falls off. Like, and they, and so Phoebe kind of like secedes to Chandler's story. Like, okay, I am less than, like, then yours is still better. But then Monica is offered up as the worst. And now it's, it's Rachel who mentions it first. Like, Monica didn't offer it up herself, right? Right. Monica is very adamant that she does not want to talk about it. Yeah. Now, Joey mentions, like, oh, I know which one it is. It's the one, or or Phoebe does. It's the one with Joey stuck inside the turkey, which is one of the most classic visual things when it comes. It's like orange couch, turkey with that hat and glasses on, and then pivot. Or, like, and, and then, like, she's her lobster, or he's her lobster. Like, those are, like, the four main things. When you think of friends, they're synonymous with those. So we see the flashback where Joey gets his head stuck in a turkey. Phoebe tries to pretend, and then they have to get it off of him. Um, he's trying to scare Chandler. It didn't like it didn't work because then he's facing all the wrong ways. Um, and Ross and Rachel didn't know the story, which I thought was so funny. Like, wouldn't you tell them like at some point after that? But they didn't apparently, so she had no idea. Now it's 1992 when that happens, and Phoebe lives with Monica at the time. Yes, and Monica looks real great with her hair. Oh, and that outfit, like when she took the coat off, the coat, the suspenders. Yes. I was like, girl, that outfit is so on point. Yes. Yes. And I love it because like while Joey's in the turkey, he like giggles at that little crass joke that they make. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) okay, but I also have to say I love the layout of the living room. I think better in that flashback than I do now. Okay, I didn't even notice the layout at all. Yeah, so it was, let me try to picture real quick. It was, so the couch was mm-hmm. shifted. So it, was, it wasn't sitting in front of the window, but it was like angled like it was in front of the window. Okay. Um, and then there was like an L-shaped coffee table. Mm. And the chair was on the opposite side, um, kind of like where the phone sits right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there was like an ottoman where the camera was. But it just, like, I felt like it opened it up a little bit more. Okay. And it kind of had, like, more of, like, that open concept between the kitchen and the living room. Oh, nice. Whereas now, it's, like, the 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 couch kind of, like, covers and, like, definitely defines where living room and kitchen are, which I don't love. But, yeah. I gotcha. thought it was cool how they completely changed the layout to make it, like, look like someone else lived there. Yeah. That's good. Um, and it's also the bring back of Chandler's goatee, which I love. <laughs> yes, which he, which Matthew Perry actually grew specifically for the scene. And it was like a two second scene. Oh, dang. I was, I yeah. literally thought in my brain, surely that is fake, like a fake no, goatee. Wow, that's good. Um, we've, we flash back in to real time. Phoebe calls out that that can't be Monica's worst because one, Rachel didn't know what happened and Rachel was the one that offered up the story. And we can very much tell that like Monica does not want to talk about it. And she insists like to Chandler of all people, you don't want to hear the story, but that doesn't make good TV. So of course we flash back to Monica in a fat suit. It is awesome i love monica and her fat suit she loved monica in a fat suit courtney cox loved uh, fat suit monica i love it now rachel comes over um to to their house sad broke up with chip um very very upset about it chandler and ross are back um from college chandler um is being introduced to the family and honestly chandler with his hair looks like the third part of dumb and dumber like the third group person. Like he should have been in the movie with Jim Carrey. Yeah. So his haircut um, resembles a style made popular in the eight, in an 80s band, uh, A Flock of Seagulls. Mm. I'm not sure who that is, but apparently that's like what it was styled after. Okay. Oh, good to know. Um, yeah. Rachel, this is like throwback to Rachel when she has a big nose. Ross has his curly hair. 
And because he's home from college, he tries to hit like on like on Rachel. He tries to like get in with a with a smooth convo about like, hey, like haven't hasn't it been weird now that I've been gone? She's like, no, not really. <laughs> so they move yeah. into the kitchen because he's a little heartbroken. Um, they move into the kitchen, and while Monica's making mac and cheese for Chandler because she offered to make it for him, you can tell she obviously thinks he's really cute, right? Which. Previously, we learned when Monica had first met Chandler, she thought he was gay. But in this flashback, oh. it's the first time that she's meeting him and she is like smitten for him. Oh, that's so a good catch there's too. another like. Man, lots of continuity, man. Yeah. Flashbacks are yeah. hard because you have to know your material in and out. They are, yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah, he is. She's very smitten. So she's making him mac and cheese in the kitchen, and Rachel's in there talking about how, like, how she's annoyed with Chip, how he, she is through with high school boys and how they're just like little boys and she's going to date men from now on. And luckily, Ross is there to overhear this glorious news because he's no longer in high school. Um, but he botches up his attempt to look cool by calling, like he's calling his parents by their first names to try and look like cool and above it all. But Monica straight up calls him out and is like, that's not going to fly as something cool. Um, now she, Monica goes in after like a little, like a flash has passed and she checks up on Chandler about the mac and cheese who tells her <laughs> in passing, it's a passing compliment. And he goes, yeah, it's good. You should be a chef and classic Monica. Okay. And he's like, okay. And it's like, oh my gosh, was this the moment that she made a decision and Chandler is like the inspiration for her entire career. It's like crazy yeah. to think that way. But it, it is crazy, might just but... be yeah. Monica enough to be true. For sure. Um, now, Rachel has great news. Um, she comes up and lets uh, her know that Chip and her are getting back together. Um, yay. And they start talking about like, sex things and making sure it happens and all the things it's just girl talk really um and i love how in this episode like monica keeps like referring to it as like taking your flower and rachel is like if you keep calling if you keep calling it that no one's gonna take it from you (laughs) like (laughs) yeah for sure it will be yours for forever um and then we cut to a scene where the guys are washing dishes. They're talking about, like, fake IDs. They want to go out. Ross is going to, like, ask Rachel out. And Ross even thinks, like, it'll be so good that he'll be out with Rachel all night. But Chandler's like, no, man, like, don't leave me here. And he's like, what? Like, you can hang out here. But he, but Chandler says he doesn't want to be stuck with your fat sister. Right as Monica walks in the kitchen. Oh, it is hard heartbreaking so sad so sad and so of course we pop back out to real time and Chandler is so apologetic he didn't even like he didn't even remember calling her that he was I I think he was he's like horrified of himself he's like practically on his knees like begging for her forgiveness his like hands are on her legs like he's all up in her face like he's completely turned his body away from the friends to just talk to her like it's very sweet in that moment yeah. And Monica looks gorgeous with her hair. Like uh, whatever bun, yes. updo, curly thing was happening, she looked so good in yes. this episode. Like top to bottom. It's like this is like Courtney Cox's season. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think you've said that before and it's like, yeah, I, I think as yeah, we keep, I'll keep seeing saying it. <laughs> no, but it's like it reiterates like episode after episode. It's like, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, But what brings us out of this nice moment is when Rachel says that's not the Thanksgiving that she was talking about, which is like you get the impression from Monica that she would have been fine to allow them to think that that was the one that she was afraid to tell them. Yeah, because like that's not as bad as the one that she actually thinks is the worst because she keeps telling Chandler like you don't want to hear this. Because we know that they're in a relationship and Joey knows they're in a relationship. But, like, she just keeps telling him, like, you don't want to know it. And he's like, yeah, I do. Well, you don't. And what's interesting is the next one turns on her. Yeah. And 
And so she's like trying to distract him like, hey, let's get ready for Christmas. Let's go get a Christmas tree. Like She is all up in it. She wants to distract as much as possible. And once again, doesn't make good TV. So we flash back to 1988 with a new nose and a new Monica. Yeah. Which like, honestly, could she have had that good of a transformation in one year? I know. My, I doubt it. She did get a pretty quick start, though. She did decline that uh, those pecan pies, like as she. That's true. Like immediately, she. I think she was determined, like hell bent on proving him wrong. Yeah. Um. Now the guys are home from college again. It's kind of a similar scene where the guys are coming back from college. Ross is still brought his friend who hates Thanksgiving. The mom is thrilled. And um, they're. Their outfits that they're wearing were inspired by characters from Dumb Miami Dumb. Vice. Oh, okay. I was going to say Dumb and Dumber. You, like, are stuck on Dumb and Dumber. Isn't that am, a 90s show? It, it might be. I mean, they are... It, yeah, probably. I mean, because technically we're in the 80s in these flashbacks, so... I mean, they're, they're like, looking fly with a capital Y. Like, they are why... They're better dressed than the year previous. Why? Why? Wait. Yeah, I don't you, know. Wait, you think so? I think they look better than the year before. <laughs> I can't remember the year before. I think it was the now. hair the year before. And and Ross still had the weird like mustache thing. What's interesting about Miami Vice, right now there's a pop-up bar in Nashville that's um that's the it's Miami Vice themed. And I'm like, I think that because like the eighties and nineties are like in that those looks would probably uh, like a variation of those, like a modern variation of those looks now would probably like look really good. Oh, probably. Um, so we see like the guys have had their little miniature glow ups, but the biggest glow up of this Thanksgiving is definitely Monica. And Chandler is Girl looks good. the impressed. Yeah. He's, He's like, forward. your body looks good. <laughs> and Ross is like, that is my sister. He's not having it. He kind of like condemns him a little. And what's funny, too, is like as she tries, as she goes to leave the room to cook him the same macaroni and cheese, he like stares after her. And the dad's like, what are you looking at? Yeah. It's such a good moment. Um, Now... Ross gets the opportunity to tell us about his new girlfriend. And his new girlfriend is none other than Carol. And of course they throw in a joke that she not only plays for one team, like the lacrosse, but also the golf team too. And Ross says she plays for both teams. Isn't that like cool as, as a way to like get in the dig as like a precursor of like, LOL, we know what happens. Now, Monica has some mischievous plans uh, for Chandler at this Thanksgiving. She is set on humiliating him completely. And Rachel's all for it. Rachel, like, yeah. Rachel, like, tries to explain how to do it. Here's how she's like, everything can be sexy. Everything. Like, ooh, feel this towel. And, like, maybe I'll just run it through my fingers. And it actually does look weirdly, like, seductive-like. Oh, not seductive in a way that's obvious, but more in like a light, sensual touch. Like to the point where you're like, okay, Rachel kind of knows what she's talking about. The only thing is that Monica can't translate that into her own movements. (laughs) Or objects. And it goes terribly. Now, one thing real quick before I move on to this incident. I love Rachel's red hair. I actually think it looks really good on her. The The tone of the color. I could maybe do without the cut and the style of it, but like that yeah. color, it yeah, complements her much. really well. It's because she has that olive skin tone, I'm convinced. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, again, Monica does this everything can be sexy thing so poorly, so poorly that Chandler loses a toe. When she drops the knife on his wicker shoes. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. There's there's many. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Um, There's a lot of things that happen. So she's holding that box. um, And there's this moment where like 
like she she like it's very visible that she goes she drops the box but then like it quick cuts the next scene and it's back on her shoulder it's really really weird and mm. then the knife as it's spinning through the air goes from having a tip to no tip to a tip and it's like oh. how did you not get one take of this knife like <laughs> flying through the like i just don't <laughs> fully understand what happened wow that's um, interesting and then just on a like a personal note the classic thriller music in slow yeah. motion yeah as that like knife was spinning through the air coming towards his toe it was just like all it made me think of was like nightmare on m street and um like freddy krueger or what's the <laughs> other one michael myers like it just made me think of those like cringe worthy like thrillers that really aren't scary yeah they're just like very funny at this point to watch because they're poorly made because they were made back in the day and probably have like um, no budget yeah, and, like, I get, like, when I watch old movies, like, I understand that nowadays movies have a lot more budget, have a lot more CGI, and can do cool things, but, like, you hear that music, and auto- I, like, automatically go back to those two, like, Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. So to, like, hear it in a Friends episode, you're like, that's strange. It does kind of take you, like, out of the episode, because it, you're not used to hearing that sort of, like, soundtrack, yeah. like, overarching. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. That. Oh, Could you try again? Okay, thanks, Siri. Okay, um, Siri. The oh, and then at the hospital when when they're gonna try and like attach the toe, um, we find out that Monica just grabbed a baby carrot and put it on ice and did not bring Chandler's toe. Yeah. So that realization pulls us right back out into reality and Chandler is so mad. He's like, I lost a toe because you wanted to get back at me. And we find out like they banter a little bit. Like she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, are you serious right now? Like he's a little pissed, which I would be too. He's like, when you find out the real, like you're telling me that like, the reason that you were holding that knife and the reason all of this boiled down was all because you orchestrated this plan to get back at me. And um, we find out while they're kind of bickering and while they leave and go to the hallway that Sir Limps a lot, which was his nickname that Chandler threw out, came from Ross. He was very <laughs> proud of the fact that he made that up. And Chandler, as they're in the hall, like arguing in the hallway, he's like, I just want to be left alone. Like, just leave for a while or go away for a little bit or something like he he literally wants to be left alone um and we get like a little quick cut it probably was a commercial break he's so like bitter and then he opens the door because he hears a knock and it's monica who's who's come over with the famous turkey on her head with the glasses with the mini hat or whatever hat that kind of thing is and she like puts it on in stages trying to get him to engage with her in like a lighthearted humorous way and then finally wins him over with when she's like kicking her legs and doing like a little shimmy and he's like oh my gosh that's so funny i love you and he says that we this is the first time she's hearing it and he's like trying to deny it yeah He's like, I didn't say anything. I just stopped talking. Like, and she's like, no, you said it. And then all of a sudden, Joey comes out and gets scared by the turkey, which was, it was a callback to the fact that he was trying to scare Chandler with the yep. turkey. Yep. Um, this is the moment I laughed out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the main bulk of the episode. Um, and it doesn't really, like, bring to any, like, resolution from that like joey just gets scared and that's kind of the end of it yeah so a couple things one the magnadoodle says yes it it has the numbers three two seven in a heart with wings and it has by written under it okay not too sure what that means but um any of our friends out there that want to deep dive feel free inside Um, of a heart with wings yeah interesting okay yeah it's weird is that like a zip code Um, for new york I have no idea, maybe. Okay. Uh, so in this episode, Mac, we learned that um, Chandler loses part of his toe, the tip of his toe. Yes. In real life, and I think we've mentioned yes, that, we Matthew have. Perry is missing part of his middle ring, middle right, what? 
his middle ring finger from his hand being shut in a door when he was little. Middle ring um, finger makes zero sense. <laughs> I don't know what this is saying. Oh, his middle right finger. Sorry. I oh, okay. Glasses on. Okay. Um, yes. From being shut in the door when he was little. So it's interesting that they chose him to lose something. And then call back to what I was talking about earlier with the age. So when he found out they were divorcing was in 78 and he was supposedly 11. But then we find out in this flashback in 88 that he was 20. So this would have been at the same time of year. So his birthday would have either have already happened or mm-hmm. just about to happen. So he should technically be 21. Okay. So, I mean, it's not too far off, but again, that kid did not look 11. So I'm yeah, just go with that. Okay. Um, we wrap up this episode with a quick tag scene. It is another battle scene um, where her her arm still comes off after she thinks that it didn't when the thing like bombs in. She's still asking for gauze. It's just another it's just another interpretation of like a similar thing. And that's pretty much it. Any other any other things to wrap up the episode? Um, I think the only other one is the continuity error with when Chandler and Rachel first meet. Mm. Um, so there's throughout oh. the series, there's three mentions of their yes. first time meeting. So the first time there's, so there's one time they met at Monica's house for Thanksgiving and the one with all the Thanksgivings, uh-huh. which, um, which was this one. Yes. And then... Another one in the one with the flashback, we hear that they first meet when Central Perk was a bar. Yep. Um, and then the last one was in the one where Monica gets a roommate, they met in the coffee house. So in the cafe when she runs in with the dress on. Dang. So apparently these guys have met three separate times. <laughs> they just don't remember. don't remember each other. Maybe we can chalk up the early ones to Rachel being like a, a dumb, like a dummy. Yeah, but, like, like, Ross was his roommate, and he was obsessed with her. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. The writers failed. (laughs) Okay, favorite scene. This one's hard, Um, because they're good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think um, I could, I mean, the whole episode was so good to me. But I think what I'm going to say is the... And I don't mean this because it's like classic, everybody remembers it, but because mm. it's it's sweet and because I never thought Chandler would be the first one to say it. Um, mm. But the scene where he tells her that he loves her. Yeah. Because I'm such a romantic at heart, some somewhat. Um, and I feel like for him to have admitted that to her in a, in, in a way that was like kind of funny, but also like such a hard day for him like thanksgivings are just hard in general for him Mm. um and so for him to be able to open up to her in that way kind of on that holiday i just felt like was even like more special so i don't know i think i'll say that because i i just love their relationship in general sure and i'm i'm like there for all of those scenes love that um i think mine is when there's just something so tender about the moment when he's apologizing. Like, his body language and everything about it is so, like, sweet and sincere. I Like, I just love it. And I love the flashbacks a lot. So it's really hard to, like, it's really hard to pick one moment. Um, yeah. But I guess I'll just pick when they're on the couch and he's like, I did not realize I called you that. Like, I'm so sorry. And she looks so good in that part of the episode, so... Um, I'll say that. What about rating? Um, I'm on a straight orange couch this one. Whoa! (laughs) Yes! I just love, I mean, like, pushing the continuity errors aside, like, that's, it's fine to me. Um, (laughs) The glaring continuity errors. (laughs) I think it had a good mix of, like, humor, um, Mm. you know, a little bit of sadness, and it also had, you know, the, the sweet moments. And it's one of those episodes that I think everybody remembers. So, yeah, yeah I think I'm going to I'm going to orange couch it, which is not a normal thing for me. But no, it, it's not a normal thing for this podcast. That's for sure. No, we usually we like we like hang around like how you doing and below. Yeah, that's so true. Um, 
I'm I'm vacillating between orange couch and yellow frame. Okay. Um the continuity errors are it's real bad. <laughs> it's it's like a lot of things. Um but I'm I'm going to give it a yellow frame and a tag. I'm going to get us almost there. Okay. Um for all the th- thing but all the same reason- reasons you said, I just can't overlook the fact that like man, did they not even read? Like do they not even know their own story? Like <laughs> it's just really bad. Um but great Monica and Chandler moments. Um they get a little of the quirkiness of Phoebe in there. Um it's it's funny to me how they have to retell the story when like most of the friend group was there. Like there's only two of them that weren't there. Right. Um, and they have to like retell it as if everyone's hearing it for the first time. Like, no, which one's the worst? It's like Ross and Chandler were there too. Um But yeah. But all overall I thought it was really good, funny, sweet. We hear I love you. It moves their story on, like it's all good. Um, all right, post-show wrap-up trivia time. Yes. Okay. Which friend was bitten by a peacock? Sounds like a... Rachel? Sounds like a Joey I thing. I, I have no idea. A peacock? Neither one of us, so none of those two answers. When would they... Was it Chandler? It was Chandler, apparently. You know what I wish these trivia cards told me? Like, the, the why? episode that we find out. Yeah. Like the like a little blurb on when, yeah, that would be helpful. Usually, our friends send it to us, and I'm like, oh yeah, like it triggers it immediately with a very quick synopsis of what happened. I'm yeah, like, oh yeah, so, duh, like I can visualize it and everything. Yeah, dang it. So, any friends out there that want to tell us, yeah, we'll figure that them. one out. Yeah, we'll read them online. Um. Okay. Next one. Who was the first friend to console Rachel after her breakup with Paulo? It was Ross, wasn't it? Paulo. Uh, honestly, your guess is as good as mine. It was Ross. Nice. Cool. All right, let's get to social media spotlight. We have got just little bitty uh, communication. Um, we heard back from Grace and she said, um, she said, just listen to your most recent. Actually, I had COVID for the first time, too, and was just cleared to get out of quarantine a couple days before the most recent episode was released. And I'm like you, Llewellyn, where I haven't been, like, sick in such a long time. And I also lucked out with not giving co- getting COVID until now. Mine was also relatively mild, though, luckily. But I relate to the lingering tiredness afterwards, though. So you've got a friend yeah. there. And then she forwarded on, um, we are getting closer and closer to the date of Matthew Perry's autobiography. Yes, we are. Um, and so she sent us the updates on that, which we did talk about in the podcast forever ago, but that was like months ago already, beginning of the year. Um, and then uh, she responded to our um, post or uh, story about uh, Mohawk's... Uh, meme our meme she she replied to that so thanks thanks for that grace really appreciate it um and then we um our our friend taryn who um first reached out to us a few episodes ago she forwarded on the friends experience um in new york and she was like i hope you're going to the friends experience in new york city um, which I did not think they were still in New York City. So I'm going to have to take a look at that and recommend it to my friends who are going with me. And maybe we'll have that be an experience. I am finding that some weird things um, like still have random restrictions on them. So I have been having to look like a little bit more carefully on like what still has some lingering things from like COVID mandates. Um, yeah. especially in New York, in New York, which is such a big, like new city, like a lot of, a lot of their stuff is still, um, locked down in certain ways. And so I do need to check that out, but thank you for recommending it. I will look into it because I thought they had moved on to like Chicago or something. Um, so I will recommend well, I think that. I have, 
I think they have multiple pop-ups, even at the same time. Okay, see, I didn't think they were at the same time. I didn't think they overlapped at all. I thought they literally, like, moved it from one place to another. Um, I have no idea, but... But, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'll definitely look it up. So, thanks, Taryn. Thanks for, for letting me know that. I will definitely look it up. Um. Okay. Recommend to a friend. Uh, do you have one? Um. You know, I don't think I do. Actually, actually, speaking of Taryn... Taryn is going to save the day today. You know why? Recommend. She has a recommend to a friend. Um, the last time she reached out to us, she um, she mentioned that she does um, yoga. I responded to one of her um, things and just like told her thanks for reaching out to us. And I had looked on her page really quick because I just like to get a little glimpse of like the people who like our new friends and she has a lot of yoga content um and she was mentioning that she does yoga exclusively at home following at bad yoga official and uh that uh that instagram account has a variety of programs they have free stuff on youtube and an online studio with hundreds of classes to choose from it's like yoga, yoga and strength training programs. And maybe recently she thinks she saw a strength training one too. Um, so if you are looking for a different at-home workout, our friend Taryn recommends at Bad Yoga Official yoga programs to a friend. So that's going to cover for me. What about you? <laughs> I don't have one. Straight up trader. <laughs> Okay, that can cover us both for today. Thank you, Taryn, for sending in your recommend to a friend. Um, That was literally a savior today as we struggled to find our own. So next week, we are going to cover, oh my gosh, great episode. The one with Ross's sandwich. Yes, we're getting in (laughs) some good episodes, guys. We are. Man, season four and season five are right. It's the sweet spot. So good. All right, so we will see you guys next week on the Woman Friends Podcast.